Hey, uh, very good to be here in your midst this morning. I've been thinking about something, um, uh, very much so. Uh, I think about the place all of you occupy in the spirit. There's a place you occupy. And um, so I, I was looking at Seth this morning. He was cleaning up. So there's a place he occupies in the spirit. Getting the physical place we, we meet at to be clean so you can be comfortable so you can hear the word of God. Uh, I was thinking about Arian and, and Julian. They're, they occupy a place in the spirit as young men for for whatever, you know, we, we don't know what's being received and what's not, but they're occupying that place in the spirit, you know, here. All of you are. I think about uh, my wife occupying the place that she has to be the other part of that angel that works with the pastor and the pastor's wife. You see what I'm saying? I think about the deacon and his wife, the place they occupy in the spirit. We may take it for granted that we see them physically here, but there's a place they occupy in the spirit. All of you, you know, Tim, there's a place, you know, Terry, there's a place, you know, you think about these things, you know, um, Jacob, there's a place you, you were talking about your testimony before there's a place. Why is there a place here for all of you? Because, uh, God is doing something in that place in the spirit. I think about the things I was looking at Gail this morning and I started thinking about um, times in the past where there were certain things that were said and whatever and I thought about it and I said, God, by your grace, she's occupying a place in the spirit here now. Didn't have to be, you know. So I, I think about this. Ernest said something very important. Um, those words that are spoken, it's very important that you understand that they do go into your heart. They do go into your spirit. And at the times that you don't think you've remembered anything, the spirit will bring it forth. It will. And, and I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes even in a time of crisis, you're going to say, oh, my goodness. You know, you may have gone on to something else in your life. But in that time of crisis, you'll come back and say, you know what? I was always taught that God's here and that he listens and that he's able to do things that we're not able to do. And uh, I love that. I love that God can do it. And it's not us. What if we had the power to do it? We'd misuse it. We would just use it for everything in the wrong way. But, but Christ as a guide, he guides us in everything that we do. If we allow our spirit to knit with his spirit, he will guide us. And in the guiding of it, we've continued to follow. We follow those things, you know. We follow the things of the Lord. And um, it's important to follow the things of the Lord. So I don't go by outward appearance about how people look or feel or what they're doing, whatever, like while I'm preaching or while I'm talking to them. I don't go by the outward. What I go by is what God has guaranteed me he will do, that his word is spirit in its life, its eternal life. He's guaranteed me that if I speak it, that that's what it is, and then what it is is between that person and him. 
concerning whatever it is in their life. So it's not up to me. I'm not your savior. Never will be. There's only one savior. And that's Jesus Christ. He's the one. He knows what's in your spirit. He knows what you're thinking. He knows everything about you. You may not think he does, but he does. Every jot, every tittle, as the scripture says, of everything that's going on in your world, he knows about it. And he cares about it, too. So he cares even when I'm doing evil? Yeah. Yeah, he does. He's going to use that to teach you someday. That's how that works. So, yeah, he cares even then when I'm not doing the right thing. Does he care? He cares for you. That's something that he wouldn't have died if he didn't care for you. That's a powerful thing. He cares for you. So the thing Christ is after is you. It's not, you know, uh, some service you can perform or something you're going to do in particular. He wants you. Offer yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your what? Reasonable service. Just offer yourself to him. Sometimes we think, ah, yeah, I'm, I'm here. I could be doing this. I could be doing that, whatever. But let me tell you something. What you're doing right now is one of the most important things you'll ever do in your life. One of the most important. And um, I was thinking about those things that you occupy in the spirit. I, I, would, I miss places sometimes when... Like, if Julian's not here, I miss that place that I normally see him at. You know, uh, I see Tim here. I miss that place when he's not here. In the spirit. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm talking physical here, too. But what about in the spirit? I miss that. I miss that for that time, the communication that we could have, the things that we're doing. I think about my, um, my uh, grandson a lot. Um, some of the things that, that he's experienced, and he doesn't say much, he just looks. But I know from time to time there are things touching his spirit. So it's important that he entertains those things that touch his spirit. You, you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes you say, I don't know if this is real. I don't know if this works or not. Whatever. So entertain it. When it comes, say, okay, show me something here, Lord. If you're real, if you're doing all of this, show me something. You know, bring something to me. I did that one time with God, and he showed me. He showed me exactly what, what he was doing at the time. Um, so it's an important thing sometimes to do that. Realize you occupy a place in the spirit. Shiloh had a birthday. The girl's getting tall and older quick. But at the same time, I think about the place she occupies in the spirit. Why does she occupy that? Isn't that part of the generations? Oh, isn't that how it works? It works as part of the generations. So you occupy that place. Whether you even realize it or not, you occupy it. I told Ceci a long time ago, I, I saw that she occupied a place long before she realized she occupied a place. Very important. Very important. So um, uh, those words will come back. They come back sometimes and they, they feed you the things of God. Because it wasn't me that was talking it. It was the Spirit of God that was bringing it forth, and his word never fails. So as that happens, I speak it, yes, but it's not my, I'm not the author. I don't author any of this. What, who authors it is the one that's speaking. It's the one that's touching your heart. It's the one that touches your mind. 
It's the one that can change things in you that you can't change yourself. How many times have we had the can't help it and we couldn't change? But the spirit that was there with us could make the change. So we can look back at it now and say, oh my God, I'm here because. I'm here because the spirit did something. Because Christ did something for me. That's why I'm here today. You know, we, we look back and it's, it's a long ways back, you know, what we went through. But look at it now. Gosh, what a blessing. So it's a blessing. So here's the thing. Uh, you occupy your place in the spirit. You occupy your place in what you do for the church. Uh, your labor of love is never going to be forgotten by God. And you say, labor of love? All I did was mop a floor. Yeah, labor of love. We cleaned toilets, didn't we, Ma? Quite a bit vacuum and cut grass and did whatever we had to do but the labor of love was not because we did that to be seen we did that for christ we felt like that was the thing we took our part and did it now not everybody that takes part in something does it from the heart very important to understand that some people do things to be seen the pharisees were great at performing acts to be seen but had no profit to it you understand what I'm saying? It wasn't from the heart. It was to be seen of men. You see what I mean? And that, that's a pretty bad thing. And some of us have come that way, where we did things to be seen of men, to be patted on the back or whatever. That's not what God wants. God wants you to do things from your heart because you feel them from your heart. And, uh, and he's the one that's going to bring forth the reward for it. So you will not lose your reward in any way for what you do for Christ, what you do for the church, the things that you do, even the support of the church, the, the tithe and the offering. Do you realize how many people are going to be helped by that? I'm thinking about what happens when, when an elder passes and we have to take care of the wife. You see, when you, you just take it as, oh, I got to pay a tithe or I got to give an offering. Guys, give offerings, give tithing. It's important. You don't know how many different things are being done. Give your tithing, give your offering. It's to help others. It helps the ministry, and it also helps others. You just don't know until you actually go through these experiences. And this is what we're going to do. We're not going to um, let anybody lag out there. If, here's the thing that happens. If I, I, I'm 74, so I may die soon. I have no idea. But if I do... You know what I'm, I'm assured of? That she's going to be continuing to be taken care of by the ministry. Isn't that a powerful thing? I don't have to worry, you know, about anything because I know they're going to take care. And how are they going to take care of her? The things that they need to do to make sure she's okay here, but spiritually they're going to make sure she has the things that she needs to make it to heaven, to join me there after I'm gone. You see how this works? It's a very powerful thing. Will that ministry do that for you? Yeah, it's very important. I, I was telling somebody the other day that the, this ministry is here to help do what? Perfect the church. That's what we're here for. The elders and the apostles perfect the church. The fivefold ministry takes care of all the parts of the church that need to be taken care of. They perfect the church. Who's the church? You. They perfect you. They perfect you in your world, in your heart, in your mind. They perfect things there that need to be perfected. 
because they're instruments being used from heaven to speak what God wants to speak. And as it comes forth, the gospel changes. The word is spirit and life, so it changes. It brings eternal life. It brings a, a, a discernment. It brings a thought. It brings a perception of God to you that you can hang on to and continue to walk in, whether you believe you can or not. God is always present. He's never absent. We think he's absent when we go through things, but that's because we've taken our mind off of him. That's where he appears to be absent. We have left him. He hasn't left us. He's always present. Always. He's omnipresent. Keep that word in your mind. He's omnipotent. He has all power. So when you think something can't work or won't be or can't be overcome, whatever, he's right there to tell you, I have all power. I'm omniscient. I know all things. He knows everything. You think, oh, he doesn't know that in my mind. Yes, he does. He knew it before it got to you. That's the thing that's so funny about this. Through, through God being the uh, being able to predetermine things or to have foreknowledge of things. It, do you think the thoughts I'm speaking right now, he had foreknowledge from the beginning they were going to be spoken? Yes. That's a mind-blowing thing that he knows all things. And will he know all things that will ever be spoken in the future? Does he know all things that are being spoken right now? All things that are in the past, does he know all those things? And he can work and by the determinate counsel of his will and bring it all together to do what he needs to do with it so that his will will be manifested and not our own. That's a powerful thing. Saying some important things here this morning, very important. I want to read something to you concerning the ministry. There was some, I, I don't know if Coco's on this morning or not, but she had a friend named Shelly that wanted to join us. I don't know if they're on this morning or not, but I do want to mention it that we want you to be with us. We want you to be, um, occupy a place in the spirit also. So if you're on here, you're blessed. I hope we, if you're not, we're going to try and see if we can get you on. But this is the thing that's important. The more people that we can get to hear this gospel, the gospel being preached, this is another manifestation. We preach it in our world, don't we? But don't we want those in this world here to receive it too? We want to preach the gospel. We want to preach what God gives us. What God manifests from heaven to be manifested here and to be manifested here. Very powerful thing. So for in the perfecting of the church, which is you, except the Lord build the house, they that labor, labor in vain. You can try to build your own. You're not going to do it very well. Let God build the house, which is you whose house ye are, let him build the house. He's going to build it, foundation. Terry says chief cornerstone. Every cornerstone and then the building coming up on that, wisdom the foundation, understanding, continuing to build. This is what God is going to do. This is what he is doing right now, continuing to build. So is he the great builder? So should we follow him? Should he be our guide in all things? even in our very thoughts, in our heart? Yeah, very powerful. Um, I want to take you to, um, I think it's 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So this is going to address the ministry right now, what, what we do. What we do. This is going to address the ministry. 
Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. So who was mercy showed to first? <laughs> to us that minister the things of God. What mercy, what grace that God chose us to be elders and deacons and apostles and whatever. What grace was manifested that there was a man that saw the light of that and anointed and brought forth an ordination to fulfill the will of God. So we say to ourselves, people don't consider us much. They don't have to. God considered me much. He has ordained us to be what we are. And nobody could ever take that away because God did it. God did it. It wasn't, had nothing to do with man. Gosh, to be ordained by God. As we have received mercy, we faint not. So I'm not going to faint not in this job. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to give up on it. My body may fail, other things may fail, but I'm not going to give up. Faint not at doing the will of God. The thing that's important is we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. Was there dishonesty in us at one time? King of dishonesty, right here. Dishonesty, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully. In religion, we did. We learned these things. And then we learned not to do them anymore. Religion was horrible. But God brought us out of that and showed us. And I took you through it to show you that I don't want this in the truth. Nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. So what, what we do, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience. Every conscience in here is receiving the gospel from heaven. We commend ourselves in it because we faint not, and we, through mercy, God has ordained us to do it. So now we go forth in what the Lord has told us to do, and we do not go back. We take steps forward. We do not go back. So this is what God is showing us. So we commend ourselves to every man's conscience. Do you realize what a spiritual thing that is? To commend yourself to every conscience that God has put under your care? Every conscience. So when you hurt, do we hurt? When you have problems, do we care? Are we willing to put ourselves out to counsel, to do whatever we have to do? Even physically have to do things sometimes in order to help? Uh, these are the things that, uh, that's another thing, like uh, my wife, she's very particular about her house, her home, but she's never had any problem receiving the church into her home. Come on in. That's what we do. It doesn't make any difference where we live. We're going to always do that. And maybe God might bless us with a building someday, but until then, what are we going to do? We're going to gather the church in the midst of those that God has ordained. That's what we're going to do. If I can't do it, Ernest will open his home up. We'll be over there because then the deacon will do it. You see how this works? Because of what God has done, in turn, we will do. We will do what? The will of God. So here's the other thing. So the manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. So who's looking at this? <laughs> it's God. That's why we commend ourselves to every man's conscience. Remember, this is the ministry in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are what? Lost. Those that don't want it, refuse it, don't want to accept it, disobedient to it. 
whatever it may be, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So what's his job? The God of this world. To blind your mind. Notice it didn't say eyes. It said your mind. So it puts things to blind your mind. What you should be thinking about God, it tries to blind that. There are dark places in us, but, but the scripture tells me that he's going to shine a light in those dark places. So his job is to try to bring the dark places. It's God's job to shine a light on it. Isn't that how it works? Every time he brings something dark, God says, here's my light. I'm going to shine a light on it so you'll know. We'll never be unaware of it. What's going to happen is, is we have to decide whether we're going to allow the light to lead us in what we need to do about it. Walk in the light as he is in the light. He will always remove the darkness if you allow him to shine the light on it. That's the key. So dark things will come because the God of this world will do that. It will blind the mind and it will be dark. But guess what happens? The light of the glorious gospel of Christ will come and shine a light on it. Didn't it say that? Didn't it just say that? Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. That's what's going to shine unto us. Mm -hmm. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your servants for uh, Jesus' sake. So I'm not up here preaching about Kenny. Kenny doesn't matter because he doesn't have a heaven or a hell to put you in. I have nothing. What I have, I give to you. <laughs> in the name of Jesus, receive these things. That's what we give. So it's, it's not about us. It's about what's in us. That's the thing that's important. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The only image you'll ever see of God is the face of Jesus Christ. The invisible took on visible. That's what happened. He said, I come to do thy will, O God. It's written of me in the volume of the book. Father, thou preparest me a body. That's the one you're going to see. But the invisible that's in him is the one that's performing all the works. Isn't that true? Very powerful stuff. So you heard what the ministry is supposed to do. Now we're going to take you to um, 1 John chapter 5. We'll start at verse 19. And we know that we are of God. Do you realize all of you are of God? Gary said this not too long ago. Didn't he say that? He said, put this in your mind. You're all of God. You wouldn't be here. The knowledge you have of God, whatever. Well, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. But you are all of God. As you walk in God, you can do better. If you're not, you can. You can increase in the things of God. By the mercy and grace of God, God will allow you to do it. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask God. He's going to give you liberally from heaven, from above. Doesn't it say that? So you have no excuse. What happens is if you say, well, I, I'm having a problem here, there, and there. I'm not walking like I should. Ask the wisdom of God. He giveth liberally to every man. He says you can do that. Ask. How would you ask? In prayer. Lord, you see, work with me. Get me to do the things that I need to do. Not force me. Allow me to understand why they need to be done. And then I will do them. It's very important. And we know that we are of God. All of us are of God. 
and the whole world lieth in wickedness. Is that a true state? There's never been a truer statement. The whole world lieth in wickedness. I'm just going to tell you, your world in you lieth in wickedness. The only one that can change it is you and Jesus working together. You not hiding, you revealing everything that's in it and allowing him to over what? What did it say? Overcome it. Overcome it. In the world you shall have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I have overcome, overcome, overcome. This world lieth in wickedness, but there is one that can overcome that wickedness. Your world can become clean. Your world can change. Your world can have Christ as the head of it. Your world becomes God's world. Is that possible? Yes, it is possible. So he can do these things. And the whole world lieth in wickedness. What a statement. The whole world lieth in wickedness. We know that's true, don't we? We know it's a true statement. We have to change that. Change that our world does not lie in wickedness, but it becomes the world of Christ that lieth in righteousness and holiness. That's what we want. And some things have to be gotten rid of. huh? Old man, man of sin, uh-huh, the seven-headed dragon, all those things, they have to be gotten rid of, huh? What is Christ doing? Is he overcoming all of that? What did he do in the seven churches? He said, repent, but then he tells them, overcome. I'm with you. Now we can overcome every abomination. Seven churches, seven abominations. Wow. We can overcome it. They can be overcome through me. I can overcome all things, every tribulation, every trouble. I can overcome it. You just have to have the faith and believe. The grace of God is at work. Isn't it him performing the works? It's by his grace, by the power of the wisdom and understanding of God, by the power of the Holy Ghost, by the power of his word, those things can be overcome. Very important things. And we know that the Son of God has come, this is the part I love, and hath given us, oh, wait a minute, I'll go back on something. And we know that the Son of God is come. What we would probably say this, oh, he's ha he has come. He didn't say that. The Son of God is come. You know why? Because he is come in every situation you're in. Right now, present. Not that he's come and he's gone away somewhere. No, is come. The Son of God has come. What did Dan say? Jesus is among us. He's joined ourselves. And we've joined ourselves with him. The Son of God is come. He's in our midst right now. The Son of God is come. And done what? And hath given us an understanding. Wait a minute, I don't understand too much, you say. What you have is enough to save you. <laughs> we say, well, I don't understand like so-and-so, and I don't understand like so You don't need to. He's given you enough to save you. What you do understand, that one word will lead you all the way. Will lead you every bit of the way. So you don't understand everything. Fine, I don't either. Welcome to the club. What happens is, is that we understand as we go along, as we move in Christ, as we go forward in Christ, we understand more and more. But allow God to give you what he needs to give you. Allow him to give you an understanding, a word understood. Well, God hasn't given me a word to understand. Liar. You get words every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Monday. You get words in between. You get words that are posted online. You get words, you get words, you get words. How much word has been given to us? Think about how much has been given to us over the years. 
word, 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 word. And some of that you understand. Simple. And what you understand, move in it. God can take little and make much. Didn't he say that? So move in what you understand. Well, I don't know. That's an excuse. All excuses nailed to the cross. There's no excuse. Thou art inexcusable, O man. (laughs) God's done it. He's already done the work. He's already put forth the grace. All we got to do is partake of it. Isn't that cool? So the Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. Wow. Do we know him? And we are in him that is true. It's not enough just to know him. You got to be in him. We are in him that is true. Even in his son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God and eternal life. Wow. I understand that Jesus is God. This is the true God and eternal life. I'm in him and he's in me. So I have the God of eternal life in me. (laughs) So do you. You have it in you. This is the true God. God's name is Jesus, guys. That's God. Isn't that powerful? This is the true God and eternal life. So we're in him. I want that other part. And we are in him that is true, even in his son, Jesus Christ. You may know him that is true, and we are in him that is true. Know him, in him, know him, in him. Isn't that true? Once you know him, now you're in him. He said, I've walked with you. Now I'm going to be in you. Is he in you? Is the anointing in you? John 2.27 says it is. He says it's in you. And you don't need any man to teach you, but this anointing that's in you shall abide in you. So is it taking up an abiding power in you? Is it in you, Gail? Does it abide in your heart and in your mind? Is your world being changed by this? Yes by the words you hear and by the spirit that moves in you. Very powerful stuff, huh? Now this last one, look, it's almost like an afterthought. Listen to what he says. He says, this is the true God and eternal life. Last verse in this thing says, little children, keep yourselves from idols, amen. Jumps right to that. Why is that so important? It's the idol, the thing you make a God up in your mind that's going to deter you from serving God. So that last statement says, all this that you know about God, being in him and knowing him and all that, stay away from idols. Stay away from thoughts that take you away from God. Isn't that true? Stay away from the thoughts that bring slavery to sin, as Dan said in his blog. If you haven't read that, it's a great blog. Stay away from the things that put you in slavery to sin. Wow. Little children, keep yourself from idols. Isn't that powerful how he ends that? Little children, keep yourself from idols. Little children, keep yourself from idols. Because that's what's going to pull you off. Something that you cherish in your thought is going to come to your mind, something you're comfortable with, and it will plant itself there like a seed, and it will pull you off. It will distract you. So keep yourself from idols. Keep yourself from things that you hold so precious in the flesh. Isn't that true? Keep yourself from that. Oh, we have thoughts that we carry with us that we've carried for a while. This is what God needs to shine that light on. You know what it is? It masquerades as being light. Remember it says even 
Satan himself can change himself into an angel of light. It masquerades as being something light, but really how dark is that light is what it says in Matthew. How dark is that light? It's false. It's a false light. So little children, keep yourself from idols. Keep yourself from those things that you feel comfortable with in your flesh. You better start questioning everything you're comfortable with in your flesh. Question it. What are you comfortable with? Hmm. Maybe that's not the right type of light. Maybe he has to shine his light on it and to show you the light that it says is greater. <laughs> Doesn't it say that? I think it's in Hebrews. He'll show you more. He'll show you a greater light and not the lesser. You see how this works? So allow all of that to allow God to shine the light on it so he can discern it and show you what it is. And then you'll say, man, I was comfortable. I need to get rid of that. That needs to be done away with in Christ. So little children, keep yourself from idols. Wow. Very powerful thing. Anybody have any questions for me about what I said? We went through the ministry first, then we went to you, what Christ is doing in you. See how that worked? This is all part of the zeal. This is all a part about being diligent in the things of God. We haven't left the subject yet. What we're doing is showing you the different facets of it and how it works in your life. This is very powerful, huh? So let's the zeal of the Lord of hosts, let it eat us up. Let's get rid of every merchandiser and trafficker that's in us. Let's put them out. Put them out of the temple of God, which is you. Temple of the Holy Ghost. And let's get those merchandisers out. Let's get the traffickers out that try to bring these things that catch your attention, distract you, and let God shine a light on it so the hidden things of darkness can be made manifest. So this talked about the hidden things of dishonesty. The other one in 1 Corinthians 4 talks about the hidden things of darkness. Do you know they work together, right? They're both dark. We just want God to shine a light on it. Make sense? Yeah. Anybody have anything for me? Yeah, I had a question. Um, in the beginning of your uh, preaching uh, today, when you were talking about how each of us occupy a place in the Spirit, in the spirit or in God. And um, my question is, um, when Rick used to talk to the elders back when, when this thing started really getting hot and heavy, and he said that um, I have a need. Right. He was talking about how God has a need, has a need. And could it be the same thing that he was talking about when, or that I'm thinking about, that each, that need has to be fulfilled in each one of us sure. to occupy that place in the spirit because we know that God is in us all. And I know it talks about every man in his own order, but that we all come to Christ and have that word be made alive in us and to, and to be able to be a witness and testify about Jesus because now we're fulfilling that need. That's true. So here's the thing. If there's a need, is there a call? God has needs, and he will call you to fulfill that need. We're called, chosen, and faithful. So we have to take it in steps. If we're called, let's answer the call. If we've been chosen, let's fulfill what God chose us to be. Every office, everything, your place in the spirit. And then what? Called, chosen, and let's be faithful to it and allow God to bring us to the place that faith 
will bring forth a substance, a hope, and then evidence. It will be evident that we belong to God. Isn't that how that works? It'll be very evident that we all belong to God. I, I, I still say that about Julian and, and Arian. This is very important. There are things that are going on in them in spirit they might not even be aware of. But God is. I'm going to work this out at this time because he already knows their future. He already knows what they're in in prophecy. He already knows what the generations are going to do. Does everything get to be fulfilled at this time? Maybe not. Maybe it's going to be another time. You have no idea. But will God work his will yes. after the counsel of his own will? Yes. Have prayers gone up? I prayed for all, but including them. Not left out. Very important. Prayer is something, huh, Ernest? We, we need to pray more and more and more. Let's pray about the things that we think are so impossible. Ah, they're not even... Don't let the distraction come. Don't let the idol get a basis. Don't think that way. Just do the prayer. Let God take care of the rest. But I, I don't see anything happening here. You, you're looking for an outward sign? It's an inward work. So because you can't see it, does that mean it's not being done? Forget that. Let God do his work. You got on what I was going to say. In the prayer that we pray for everybody in this church, always remember it's going to take time for time God, God to work that work in any individual at any given time. Because, first of all, it's his work. It's not mine. I just say the prayer and then let God do the work. The work is not of me. It's of God. So be patient. Let the Lord do his work. And if God does it, it's going to be done. But if we get in the way, it's going to fail. It's sand all the time. So, again, we all have our place here. It's all going to take time, even in the prayers. God knows exactly how to work with us and deal with us on any situation or any darkness that's in us. He knows how to get it out of us. He knows what to bring to bring that up to show you that it's even there. So let him do that, and we just praise God for what he is doing at any given time in anybody. That's true. Hey, guys, even what we did this morning, we had breakfast at Denny's, right? You think that has any spiritual connotation? Where we, felt we had good conversation back and forth, getting to know each other. You think there's something there in the spirit too? Isn't it getting to know your brother and sister even better, even here? We eat, we talk, we have fun, whatever. Think it's important? Everything God does is not always with flashing lights and sirens and whatever. See, you catch that? Some of the most important work he does is when we gather together and just talk. Terry told me something not too long ago. We were gathering together over Target and we talked about something and something hit him and we were just having fellowship, weren't we, Terry? Drinking a little coffee and talking and eating donuts and whatever, right? What came out of that? Was something spiritual come out of that? Okay, see? So it's not always flashing lights and sirens and neon signs. Just do the will of God. Just walk in his spirit. Walk in the light as he is in the light, and God will show you many, many things.